Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I've got to find out if this guy had a nickname when he was playing at Texas. But uh, look who's on the line. We haven't spoke to him in a while. Uh, he is no longer coaching high school football and living the life of retirement, but uh, a lifetime Longhorn nonetheless and one of the legendary coaches in the great state of Texas, our friend Todd Dodge. Todd, how are you? Good morning, guys. Hey, how are things? What's up, Coach? How y'all doing? We're doing, doing great. Doing great. How about you? What are you up to? I mean, it's, it's August. Shouldn't you be out at uh, two-a-days or what? <laughs> well, yeah, no. No, right, I'm gonna go play golf. Here. I'm gonna go play golf here in a little bit. There you go. There you go. So you're, it's safe to say you're enjoying the retirement. I know your son's still coaching, and you're staying close to that and connected yep. there. But uh, tell tell our audience who uh, who followed your your great career for so long. What are you up to these days? Oh well, Elizabeth and I live out here at Horseshoe Bay, and um, I still do. Uh, you know, the summertime, uh, June and, and July, I do three quarterback wide receiver camps which i added one when i retired and so that kind of do one in austin one san antonio one down in corpus christi mm-hmm. and um so that that kind of scratches the itch a little bit and then uh yes i you know last season was my first year in retirement and i i saw riley's team the the south lake carroll dragons play probably seven times you know of their 14 games saw the chaparrales play um probably will go back to more of chaparral games this year i i didn't want to be that guy that retired and just you know uh just kept trying to hang around and stuff you know last year but um love tony and and all the guys over there at westlake they're doing such a great job and um and then you know i've got uh, i've got four four grandchildren and one more on the way and uh, so that's a lot of fun Hey coach, are you um are you getting enough of your football fix now in your retirement when guys leave the game in any of any capacity, whether a player or a coach, you know, they're they yep. have this addiction to the game. It, it's a part of your DNA. Are you getting enough of your football fix through the camps and, and being around your sons and that kind of yeah. stuff? Yeah, I think so, Rod. It uh it definitely is not uh, something that you can just do cold turkey. Yep. I mean, um and I always tell you know, coaches, you know, this time of year, I don't care whether you coach in Texas high school football or at the collegiate level, you know, if, if someone wanted to knock off a coach, uh, take him out, it wouldn't be hard to do because they'd know where to find him every day, you know, every minute of every day. You know, there's such a, you know, regiment that you get into. And, and we kind of love that that grind, you know. And, and uh, you know, and when you, when you retire, when it's over with, uh, you know, you can't – there's a, a lot of things that, uh, you know, you can't just – stop at all and so yes um being involved with uh with young quarterbacks and receivers um being involved with my son's teams i've, I've done you know quite a few speaking i do some some staff consulting I, I do some speaking you know on uh at different clinics and things like that across the country and and that's also been fun Liz and i get to travel doing that stuff 
Nice. Well, that's great to hear. And uh, seven times a state champion as a head head coach at the 5A and 6A level. Of course, Westlake three in a row on the way out, and uh, oh, what a run, Coach! Your your sons at South Lake Carroll. Can we ask you a little bit about uh, Quinn? Yours, obviously, he played for for Riley, and now he is uh, yep. emerging as the uh, the leader of this Texas football team. And I'm sure Riley still keeps in, in contact with Quinn. Uh, everything we've seen and heard from him, I mean, he looks like a different guy. He's got the the haircut, and he's he's slimmed down, and yep. uh, really, really attention to detail stuff. What are you hearing from from Riley? What are you seeing from Quinn? Yours going into his uh, second full year. Well, first of all, from Riley, yes, they are still very close. Uh, Riley, you know, coached him for three years. He was he was part of their varsity um, for part of his freshman year. Uh, took him to a, uh, a semifinal his uh, his sophomore year, and then took him to the state championship game his junior year. So, yeah, they were together a long time. To, um, I, I personally had had uh, Quinn in, in camp back when he was a rising ninth grader, and uh, it doesn't take long to figure out. Uh, when you can hear the ball come out of someone's hand like you could that even at that age. Um, but it's really good. I mean, Quinn is, is so, you know, he, he's such a good kid. He really is. Um, and I think people who have been around him, and this is coming from Riley more than anything, he's, he's, he's kind of a little bit shy and, and introverted a little bit. Um, but I think he's really stepping out of that and, and becoming the leader that he needs to be. And uh, it doesn't take long to figure out when you just see him, you know, on when they do a news clip of the Longhorn or something that he has uh, definitely uh, kind of redefined what his body should look like. And, and, um, and, uh, and that's a good thing. And I think one thing people don't realize, and Riley and I were talking about this the other day, you know, Riley was saying, I don't think people really realize what a really good athlete he is. Uh, you kind of, you know, last year you you got the, you know, you got the mullet and you got the beard and you kind of got the, you know, the body's a little bit dumpy looking, you know, you know, and all of a sudden people, but now he's kind of back when he was in high school. I mean, he was track athlete also, you know, I mean, he was a, he was a member of the, you know, the, the mile relay team and the four by two, he could scoot. Now I can remember watching him as a sophomore take 180 to the house on zone read against Denton Geyer. And they got some guys that can run. So, a uh, big Quinn fan, obviously, uh, just look for, for great things for him. Hey, Coach, you know, you're really your name, uh, the family name, uh, and your brand has become synonymous with quarterback development. And it, it's almost its own industry now, just quarterback development. Guys become made men in, in football because <laughs> of their evaluation and development of the quarterback. And you are one of those made men because everybody, uh, you seem to have the magic touch. What do you look for? when you are looking for a quarterback, what are the traits that you identify that, hey, these are our traits I must have in a quarterback because you've turned Westlake into one of the greatest quarterback factories or helped turn into one of the greatest quarterback factories in the country? Yeah, well, probably probably the number one thing is, is, is he coachable. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times um, when we were all young, I think we probably got told, hey, you got to be coachable. Or, man, he's so coachable. Or, you know, you'd hear somebody go, that kid is so uncoachable. Yeah. And I used to think, I didn't know what the hell that meant. I mean, I thought it meant saying yes, sir, no, sir. And I think that's what a lot of kids do. Yes, sir, no, sir. You know, and, you know, a lot of times that has no, I said, I always tell our kids at Westlake, I said, shit, I said, y'all are, you know, that's manners. That's what, you know, yes, sir, no, sir is manners. You know, that's because your parents raised you good and all that. I said, being coachable is doing something the way a coach asks you to do it the very t- first time he asks you to do it to the best of your ability. So I think at the quarterback position, that's key because 
there is a certain way that every, that you're going to do something, uh, whether it's throwing the ball, whether it's uh, uh, running the running the zone read, run, whether it's carry, playing without the ball, whether it's the RPO game. So I think that's number one. The, the second thing is can we develop this kid into being someone who is absolutely ultra accurate? Uh, can he can he make the routine look routine? <laughs> you know, um, in in the in the in the age of what we're in, you know, the the post routes, the fly routes, the double move, deep routes. That's all the sexy stuff. And I tell our quarterbacks all the time, that's not what makes these offenses go. The ones that make the offense go is can you can you be a quarterback that can put your team. In second down and four three two one, about eight times a game, and, I, and, and that's mm-hmm. a lot of times. That's kind of an untalked about mm-hmm. um, down and distance. And I always tell them, I said, if we can live in second down and four or less about eight times a game, uh, guess what? If we don't turn the ball over, we're going to win a lot of football games because yeah. a we're going to stay on the field, and b we are going to have a lot of explosives because we're going to be able to take them in times that not everybody in three counties going, you know, watch the fly route, watch the post route, you know, that kind of deal. Yep. Question, uh, Coach, is was our producer Ty Henderson a coachable player? Is he a coachable <laughs> guy or what? What are we doing? I tell you what, Ty has got one of the uh, the nicest uh, – Tattoo slash brands on his back that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah we've heard the brand story. It's always to get the attention of a girl, right? That's usually how that goes when you end up with a brand oh, on your back. Absolutely, man. Yeah. No, I mean, it's. Uh, I'll never forget when we were in off season one day and I went, what in the hell is that? You know, and of course, I got the story. And, and the the beauty of Ty, Ty has always been very honest. Ty just, he just threw it out there. And so, um, you know, uh, I'm just, I tell you what, I'm, I'm glad – that tattoos and branding and stuff like that wasn't popular in Port Arthur, Texas, because I'd probably have a few tattoos all over me because we, we would have been stupid enough to do that. <laughs> Great, he's a good. He is. He's, he's tie unfiltered. We call him. He is uh, 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 without boundary uh, when it comes to what he'll talk about on the radio. Yeah. Not, I mean, not just to, to us. He'll say it to everybody on the radio, which is great. Hey, coach. Uh, you know, yeah. you you went back to back to back three times. I mean, three times. You know, above your seven titles. So you know what great culture is like because that's different players. That's different. You know, leaders and quarterbacks to, to go three in a row. Uh, we've heard Steve Sarkeesian this offseason talk about this team here at Texas starting to sound like his team, starting to sound like when he hears them talk and communicate. I'm assuming you can relate to that. And what does that mean to you when you hear Sark saying that, that, that this being around this team, they sound like a team that uh, that I'm coaching? That that has to resonate with you. Absolutely, it does. And I and I, I really think you know part of being able to, to do that and to live up to what the expectations are and. I mean, Rod, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't matter what year it is. It doesn't matter whether yep. it's 1981 through 85 or the years that you played in the early 2000s or now. I mean, the expectations are there. Yep. And you better embrace them and you better uh, learn how to play with that bullseye. And, I, you know, what we always told our kids is people always talk about, you know, the big games, the rivalry games. To me, uh, the way that you put a, a good streak together and, and – and win a whole bunch of games during the year is respect your opponents. And the people that you play, I, I think sometimes when someone's, you know, playing someone that everybody in town uh, through whatever it is is saying, oh, hell, y'all going to run half a, uh, half a hundred on them by halftime. 
what that makes you if you if you buy into that it makes you soft and it makes your practice habits uh, kind of dwindle dwindle a little bit. And to me, you, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. And you can't take, you know, you can't rock along through your season and go, hell, we got two gimme games in the middle of the season. We can just kind of take it off. And your coaching staff can't say, well, we, we're going to find this this time to to like play a bunch of freshmen in this game. You got to beat the hell out of people. You're supposed to beat the hell out of, you know. <laughs> and um, I just think that that's, uh, you mean, you know, you take, everybody talks about the Texas OU game and A and M coming back on schedule. That that stuff takes care of itself. To me, the Horns have not had a problem mm-hmm. winning the big games against big people and playing well. It's sometimes it's you got to beat the people you're supposed to beat, and you got to and you got to play really well while you're doing that. So that's my take. Yeah, it's a great point, Coach. I agree with that. Yeah, I love that. And it's kind of an oxymoron that you know beat the hell out of them, but it's because you respect them, then you're better. That's why you beat no. the hell out of them because you're respecting their their ability that they could beat you on any given day. Absolutely, Eric. I mean, to me, if to me, if if you rock along and and you're playing someone that's that you ought to beat, and they and the final score is twenty-seven to seventeen. To me, that's disrespect because you disrespected them because you probably didn't. Your work ethic during the week wasn't up to par, you know. And I know that's kind of a crazy way to think, but what that does is keep a team. And that was kind of our means to our madness in the in the three peat is that we just never we never got. Well, I tell you this: in my whole time at, at Westlake, I feel like we lost one game in the entire time at Westlake that we. Sh- you know that we should have won. We uh, wow. after that one loss, we never, no one ever beat us that we should absolutely beat. Hmm. And I think you know um, that's because we stayed consistent. Uh, you know, throughout, uh, didn't ever let them take a um, a week off. You know, kid. After a while, it's just the kids do that. But I've got five kids that played for me at Westlake that are playing at Texas now, and uh, I'm getting I'm getting awesome. Uh, feedback from them about nice. the locker room. Yeah. That is great. Hey, Coach, I want to ask you because, you know, Sark has been – he always says you get what you emphasize, and he's been emphasizing uh, situational football, playing your best football in key moments, critical moments, down the stretch, fourth quarter, game on the line. Yeah. What does a coach yeah. – do you how do you construct practices what do you do to to make sure you as a coach emphasize that and try to you know improve players situational awareness like what do you do as a coach to improve that yeah well i mean the thing about it, it starts in spring football practice where there's something every day you know hmm. whether you know for for us at you know at the high school at westlake it was i mean we've got certain days that we can full contact certain days we can thump you know, but even if we're in a thump mode, we can work. Um, you know, we can work red zone. You know, um, you know, but every single day, and I, it's just the emphasis on it. And explain here's the here's the situation. There's a minute and 15 seconds left to go in the game. Uh, this team is up by seven. So y'all got the ball. You know what we're we gonna do with it. You know, so put it in those situation. Um, you know. Coming out, you know, we we used to do that. I don't know that we ever that we ever uh, got ourselves in twenty one my last year on our own four yard line. Um, but I tell you what, we worked on it a bunch. <laughs> you know, and I always, t- you know, I tell people all the time. I said, you know, you know, when when we would, if, and through my time at, at Westlake, um, 
there was probably six occasions that we had the ball inside our own four yard line, first and goal, first and ten, on your own one yard line. Well, I always I always told our players, I said, guys, thank guys, that's the only opportunity you have to break a state record. And they look at me like, what the hell are you talking about? I said, the only way you can throw a 99-yard touchdown pass is be on the one-yard line. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I love that. That's a glass half and full, we did, coach. And we, and, and, and we did it twice during during eight years. We we, <laughs> we did it we did it twice wow. during that, those eight years to <laughs> a 99-yard touchdown. So you kind of you kind of look at it like that, and then um, you know, but just you know, you got to in those situations. Uh, you got to talk about it. To me, you got to uh, get stories about it. I, I love. I'm a his, history major, and so I like. To, I love to tell stories about the good things that have happened in football, and maybe the mistakes that have happened in football. And hmm. I think from week to week, you can point out what happened in this college game. You go, hey, you know, this team came from behind. You know, they were down 21 and came all the way back. You know, and we're real big on also when we get. You know, it, it doesn't matter whether we're winning by 21 or we're down by 21. Is staying in, uh, you know, what we did at the high school. I don't think there's any magic to it. We stayed in four-minute increments mm. of a game. Oh yeah, literally. When when you start a game, we're gonna we're gonna play for this four minutes. You know, okay. So what's gonna happen in this four minutes of the game? You know, uh, you know, okay. We kicked off to them. You know, we've got to go when we kick off. There, there is a there's a winner or loss to be had. Yeah. Okay. They've got the ball. They've got the ball first. Um, our defense is on the field. Okay. There is a win or a loss. We go. We go three and out. Guess what? We just won. We got a, a a goal on the goal board. All right. Now we make them punt. Well, we get the ball inside the fifty yard line. Guess what? We just hit another one. All right. Now the offense goes out, and we score on the first possession. So. You know, one of the things that I think that always helped keep us grounded and focused in a game was that we have a goal board at Westlake High School that we absolutely live by. Um, and I think sometimes I've been in coaching a long time and I've gone, probably been on a staff before that's had goal boards that they're just really pretty and they're fancy and no one ever talks about them, you know. Um, but at Westlake, that that's the one that, yeah, I mean, you hear our kids on the on the sideline going, "Goal board, goal board, goal board." You know, I still think about it for everybody. <laughs> I still think about Every it. Four plays. Yeah. Well, and I've yeah. heard you when you were doing those great, great weekly stuff. visits with Craig Way here on the Horn, and I, I was it was always must listen radio to, to learn more about football. But that goal board, can you describe that a little bit more? Because it, it it's such a way to break things down that you know football make it simplify it. These are the goals we have. If we you know, and I know you would put numbers on if we do yeah. this as you just said, we do this eight times, we're going to win this football game. What were the main goals that you would have on the whiteboard? All right, well, uh, not necessarily in this order. Uh, score on the first possession of the game or of the uh, of the second half. If you do either one of those, you get uh, you check that one off. Um, never have a three and out. That's, mm. a, that's a lofty goal. Yeah. We never want a three and out. Okay, so that's uh, – um, let's see, uh, no turnovers. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, and I tell our kids, I said, I've seen goal boards before, but people go um, – no more than two turnovers. Well, hell, a turnover will get you beat. So no turnovers. Um, no um, unforced penalties. No pre-snap penalties okay. at all. We don't, we, we don't coach our kids to not have any penalties. I think you're going to 
you know, so um, score every time from the red zone. You know, like with our quarterbacks, I tell them, we've been blessed with some kickers at, at Westlake. And if we get inside the 20-yard line, guess what? We've got three points, guys. Don't, you know, score it doesn't score every time from the red zone. Um, so there's seven or eight of them, yep. uh, nine of them on offense. Hmm. And and it is absolutely, Aaron, It's and, and I've looked back through the years at Southlake, um, the years everywhere I've been as a head coach, offensively, there's nine goals defensively. There's nine goals kicking game. There's seven goals. Okay, so through our years at Westlake and all the other places, if the offense achieves six or more, the defense achieves six or more of their goals, and the special teams achieves four or more of those seven, and we don't turn the ball over more than one time, we're undefeated. Wow. <laughs> Never lost. Wow. Never lost a game. That's, well, that makes sense. Process into that performance. That is fantastic. That's it. I'm writing that stat down, Coach. That's you know, great. It, it's not, it, 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 when, I started, when I started doing the research on it, I was like, gosh, I'm muddy. And then when you get a bunch of kids to believe in, and it's all, and it's all stuff that has nothing to do with you – know, like on our offensive goal board, we don't have throw for 300 and rush for – you know, one seventy five or two hundred. Yeah, the team goal. That's a that's a quarterback. That's a quarterback goal. Yeah. You know. Um, oh, the other one that's really important is to have a uh, is to score as a unit seventy five percent or better as a unit. Meaning, you know what what we do is I mean you just basically it's easy. You get the call sheet at the end of the game. You go okay. It's first and ten. We got five yards. Second five. We got seven yards. Check. Every chance you have to move the football. The other one is the other one that's I think really important is that we we want to achieve fifty percent on, on third down. I think the NFL thirty three percent is like winning football in the NFL. Fifty percent on third down. So all of those things and they're they're not easy goals to get. They're really not. And um, but it leads to it, winning. It is definitely a blueprint. It's a blueprint for winning. You know, and and when you get the kids, when they believe in that, I mean, hell, you could probably tell them that it may not be true, and they'd still go run through the wall about it. Yeah, you know, but I mean, but 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 they believe, and it's all stuff that's going to win. I mean, you just think about it: if you don't turn the ball over, if you score every time in the red zone, you never have a three and out. Boom, 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 and, and even if even if you get close to some of those, yeah, and you you catch up with mm-hmm. another one in another area, oh yeah. Uh, you're playing. You're playing winning football, and so when you on Saturday morning, you can look at it and you go, "I know exactly why we won by 40." Yeah, and I know exactly why. I know exactly why we only won by seven, mm-hmm. or I damn sure know why we got beat. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's going to tell the tale right now. Well, and and as you said, coach, they're not individual achievements. It's it's a team thing, right? Mm-hmm. To go not go three and out takes everybody. Uh, to score every time in the red Absolutely. zone takes everybody, and that's not you know. So I got to do my job to achieve that goal, and it puts it in a, in, a, in a simplified perspective. And it led to a lot of winning for our guest Todd Dodge. Tons of uh, seven state championships, three in a row at uh, at Westlake from nineteen to twenty one. And as you said, coach, you've got a, you got five guys playing for Texas right now, and uh, hearing good things out of that locker room. Have you, do you do you keep up with Sam up there in Indianapolis? I know they've drafted a rookie, but he's still working his way with the Colts in the National Football League. Yeah, Sam, he's still alive, everybody in Austin. You know, I talked to him last week. 
and it, you know, you, I mean, everybody, the, the ultra competitor, and um, he's he's grinding along. You know, he's taking inventory of things that he can control. That's right. And uh, so, you know, who knows? You know, I mean, he said, "Coach, I'm just every day, and I'm doing the best." He, you know, he he got to play through the ball nine times, completed, I think, seven or eight of nine for seventy-two yards. And you know, the other day, he, you know, text me. All you can do, you know, you're, you're also, you know, this Rod, he's putting tape on for for anybody else also. That's know? exactly so right. Uh-oh. I've got, I've got, uh, you know, Chase Daniel, who Chase, this may have been his lab, but he he played 14 years and 14 wow. 15 years in the league, and the, he's the, the highest paid backup quarterback in NFL history <laughs> because he's such a professional, you know. Yep. And uh, people always people always say, well, how'd you stay along? He said, I was humble, and I carried the clip. He said, I basically caddied for the guy who's the starter, and I just <laughs> took care of him. That's right. And <laughs> go in when you need to. That was Drew Brees for a long time in New and Orleans, go- and yeah, he was a heck of a player at, at Missouri, too, and played for you in high school in South Lake Carroll. Wow. Yep. Yeah, he's 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 great. And, and so I hope for Sam that Sam can have a, a similar you know, experience that, that Chase had. Yep. Well, Coach, appreciate the extended visit and all the stories and the tales and how to win football games. Great you just kind of mapped coach. it out right there because you certainly backed it up. And I think we learned a lot from you and our audience did too. Thank you, Todd. Glad Thanks, to hear coach. you're doing well. Thank you all. Hook them. Hook them, Coach. There you go. Oh, that was awesome. That was just, oh, just you get all that football, that football, football knowledge that he just <laughs> dropped on us right there. Hey, ties, in, ties in there having sweats. Oh, I remember the goal board. Oh. Yeah. Seriously. Well, I remember talking to Coach because when he would come in here to meet with Craig, we do. We yep. get her early sometimes because I was off the air at ten, and Craig would go on, and then Ty would show up, or Todd would show up, and we he sometimes would just chat for a little while. And I remember, the, you know, this the, the, there were goals at practice too. So the goals were started at practice, and then they transitioned into the games. <laughs> and they had the goal to never let the ball hit the ground. Yep, never let the uh, ball hit the ground. receivers. Yeah. So receivers Ooh, dropping so no ball, drops, receivers nothing. accuracy, no fumbles, none of that, and no that's why phone exchanges. Well, and that's that's something that we've heard Steve Sarkeesian say that they're, it's the players that are now holding each other accountable. That you know, mm-hmm. Quinn Ewers knows to not have a ball hit the ground, he's got to be accurate, mm-hmm. and the receiver knows to not have a ball hit the ground, which is a team goal. I got to catch the ball, and it just I, to me that as just an individual. That, that puts it all on you, uh, and, and it focuses you that, you know, I, I don't just have to do my job on this, this play. I gotta, we, we all have to do our job. And if, if they yeah. don't, then, hey, man. Hold each other accountable. That's on you. Peer accountability. Yeah. I heard Jaron Thompson say the same thing. They asked Jaron Thompson, you know, are you a leader? And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a leader. And they asked him, well, um, you know, who who's leading on the team? And he's like, whoever sees it. <laughs> yeah. Whoever sees that something's wrong, you step up and you say something. Like, see something, say something. And it really struck me because he was really matter-of-fact about it. He was like, well, who who's stepping up? He was like, whoever sees it. Whoever sees that we are lacking in a specific area that is going to hurt our chances of being a winning football team. Whatever's hurting the winning blueprint. So, I, man, I love what Coach Dosh just dropped on us right there. So, he said undefeated when they get six of the nine goals on defense and offense and four of the seven on special teams and with we, zero turnovers. Coach Dodds would read them off on Saturday mornings wow. after during for film, and that was it was a celebration between the whole. Like we would get hyped when we'd hit those goals. Oh, yeah. I bet that's awesome because they are they're team goals. Like that's you got you got that's a that's a group. Even the guys who are helping you practice on the scout team yeah. can celebrate. Oh no, we had zero turnovers, baby. I'm, I'm, part, I'm part of that. Well, We're all part of that. And I know we got to get time out, but I think the, the other other is true. Like you can beat somebody fifty to nothing, but. 
if you look at the goal board and it wasn't very good, you can say, well, guys, we didn't play that well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Guys, we fell short here. We were sloppy. And maybe it was our opponent was inferior, but if we do that against our next opponent, we're going to lose. Or we could lose, right? That To me, everything he just said is what Sark's trying to overcome at Texas, which is exactly right. We, we're going to get up for the big games. We're going to be hyped for the big Bama. games. Are we doing this in practice day-to-day that leads to the game so we don't so we, we beat the hell out of people we should beat the hell out of, as he just said. And respect your opponent to the level this program has played down to opposition for a long time. That's a great point. That, that's what needs to change. All right, we're, we're late. We'll get a timeout. But it was worth it. Todd Dodge, uh, seven times a state champion as a high school coach, threw a four at uh, – by the way, he he won seven, but he also <laughs> lost twice, and one of them was the, an overtime loss to North Shore when Ty was playing. Yeah, that was oh, nice. Ty, come on! That's, I was hurt. That's still <laughs> I was hurt, but that still crushes you. You still have nightmares about twenty one fourteen overtime oh, North Shore. Definitely, me and my friends. If after a few beverages late at night, that, yeah. we'll put on that game tape, and oh. there'll be some ar- there'll be some arguing. Even Mac Brown, Mac, Mac Brown said the reason he gave up coaching at first, he says because the losses hurt more than the wins. Yeah. Actually, felt good. Yeah, the losses were just they were just brutal for him. Well, there's some football theory and football process uh, put in place right there. We'll come back. Uh, we pick this up. We'll get a uh, real look behind the burn orange curtain with Rod. Also, what's popping before the end of the hour, including the NFL is back for preseason week two. That's coming back.